0: At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash MoneyScout.
1: Hey guys,
2: if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. Many killers in American history can boast about having books written on their crimes, documentaries, or even an entire Netflix series based on their, quote, tapes. But how many of these psychos can actually be credited for shifting an entire culture? Ed Gein may be completely misunderstood, but one thing that is for certain is that his crimes didn't simply push the limit of what society imagined was possible, but transformed our deepest fears and anxieties into something so grotesque that even the masters of horror couldn't ever dream of creating. All this from his humble farmhouse in Plainfield, Wisconsin.
3: Welcome back to Talk Murder to Me. Thank it's our you. First episode after this live show that we did. Yeah, that was fun. That was a blast. Good times. Can't wait for our next one, mm. which is in Savannah, so If you guys haven't gotten your tickets yet, there are still some. Um, Can't promise you for how long they'll be available for. So get your tickets now. But we'll be in Savannah, Georgia on October 16th at Southbound Brewery. So we can't wait to see you then. We'll be in Charlotte in November and Asheville in December. Yes. Yes. So, the hint we got tonight... I didn't get a hint. It was very... Just before, as we realized we needed to come up with a drink. So, the hint was ghoul. 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 And uh, so, this drink... We picked this drink because it was the closest thing to what we had in our existing liquor cabinet. So, this is the hula ghoul, and it has rum... Um, it called for orange juice and vanilla syrup, so to uh, compensate for that, we did orange vanilla seltzer, and it's, you know, adequate. Um, lime juice and oragat and bitters.
4: Ooh, sounds delightful. Blended. Blended.
3: I mean, I made the drink like 15 minutes ago, so it's a little...
4: Oh, yeah, that's down. that's pretty good. I like that. Now it's time for our... Favorite segment, which also I was stoked that people were singing along at the live show. That was really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise.
3: All right. I picked this one out today. I don't like the looks of it. Why? Do you think it's Campari? Yes. We've made that mistake once. One of the drink options, though, for tonight had Campari in it. And I was Uh -uh. like, no. It also had like absinthe and other things. Like, absolutely
4: not. Strong pass. Cheers. 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 I hate that, but I don't know what it was. Tasted like
3: cough syrup. I gave you guys cough syrup. Oh. What? Just kidding. Good, because I just got my flu shot and. You coming down with something? I was a little stuffy today. Oh man, that really did. Didn't that taste like co- cherry cough syrup? I don't know what was it. It was red raspberry liqueur. Oh, see, I liked that. I mean, I liked it for booze, but I don't like drink taking that when I am sick. And it take, you know what I mean. When I was a kid, I used to
4: love Goofy Grape Cough Syrup. Oh my god, yes! The grape is so good. Goofy Grape, they used to call it. And also, the ki- the Children's Tylenol Cherry, before they changed the recipe, was delicious. I, I used to, like, want to drink it.
3: I will say, for adults
4: right mucinex blue raspberry oh my god i've not tried it so good also we don't condone you guys just drinking cough syrup i just want to make that clear yeah but mucinex for sure works so well i usually take the pills yes but
3: you know the blue now you know the blue raspberry before you go to bed if you want deliciousness
4: and some crazy dreams oh fun um also when i was a child before i found out i was allergic to it amoxicillin tasted really good I don't know what amoxicillin tastes like. It was like that um, mix between, like, bubble gum and cotton Uh. candy. The pink stuff. It was the pink stuff. Oh, okay. But I can't take it because I'm allergic to it. Hey,
3: speaking of crazy dreams, John cut this from one of our other segments. Oh, there's something we have to do for Sarah. She
4: wants you to pronounce some names. Okay. Uh, It's it's on the Facebook thing. Oh, I also want to say welcome to our newest Taco Supremos, Kristen and Travis. Hey, guys. Hey. Welcome. Welcome, welcome,
3: welcome. Um so speaking of crazy dreams, so we cut this uh John. So I we have to tell this story because I think it's pretty funny. Okay, so um recently I was up in Massachusetts for my mom's wedding. Hey mom. Congrats, Renee. Um and so I was only up there for two nights, and this is before the show at this point. So um, so I fly up, and I slept—I didn't sleep well the night before, so I was really tired night one. And I, I slept super hard. So in the morning—this is, you know, mom's wedding day, so we're having coffee before starting to get ready because it's a, it was a noon wedding. And um, so I'm having coffee with Dennis, my now stepfather— And he said, he said, how'd you sleep? And I tell told him I slept great. I was exhausted. I, I, you know, slept awesome. He's like, you know, I heard you at three o'clock in the morning. Um, Were you talking to John? And I said, well, I was talking to him, but it was, he sure was around three because he and I were probably talking until maybe 1030 or 11 max. But by, uh, by then I was definitely asleep. And he said, no, 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 I definitely knew it was three o'clock. Um, because I looked at the clock and he, so they heard me across, he heard me across the hall. I woke him up because I apparently was like laughing and saying like, oh my God, that's great. Or something along those lines in my sleep. Now, meanwhile, I thought I was a soundless sleeper. Like I know I don't snore. I don't think I do anything but toss and turn. So I texted John thinking he's ma- making this whole thing up. And so I said, John, do I ever talk in my sleep? And John, what did you say?
2: Yeah, you do it all the time.
3: Like two to three nights a week.
2: Yeah, you did it last night, too.
3: Did I really? Yeah. What did I say?
2: It's just like really incomprehensible. You what
3: know? did I say? You have to record this.
4: There's an app you can get.
3: I Well, I try- that's like not an existing app. The thing that you had sent to me, it was like not a real... Thing. So then, I tried a couple, and then I re- but it ended up recording the entire night. So I have to try a, a different one, like because
2: it recorded you the everything. <laughs> That's why it's recording.
3: What did I say?
2: You just you don't say anything like intelligible.
3: But give me an I example. You going to say intelligent for a second. <laughs> well, yeah. Give me an example.
2: Sometimes you'll ask questions or not ask questions, but you'll.
3: I'll answer a question.
2: Sometimes you'll say stuff about Home Depot.
3: Do I really? Yeah, you... you No way.
2: All right. (laughs) What do I say? Aisle seven. I got to get the, you know, or whatever. (laughs) I got to get the weed killer aisle seven. Oh, my God. And then sometimes you'll, like, be talking to somebody. Like, you'll be talking talking to Jen. Really? What do I say to Jen? Like, you're having a conversation with her. That's so weird.
4: And I laugh sometimes.
2: Yeah. That's weird. That's I, wanna weird. Know
4: what our, I wanna know what our sleep conversations sound like. You oh my maybe god, we don't you know talk creeps- to each other. I was just gonna say Oh like- my god. Maybe <laughs> maybe we have dream conversations. That's so I, You guys, weird. You guys I have dreams where I'm at dreams. the house. I have very vivid dreams. Yeah. yeah. But that's the
3: weird thing is I I mean, every now and then I'll remember my dreams but like little bits. I'm like, oh yeah, I dreamt about this. But I mean I feel for the most part like I dream a... S- Hard, hard sleep, you know,
2: yeah, you do. that's why you talk,
3: but this is like the most crazy revelation for me because up and I'm almost twenty nine years old, and I had no idea up until this point in my entire life that I talked in my sleep, so I was talking to our taco, Sarah about this because, um, you know, we're thinking of you and your husband, and she was saying that her husband was on drugs um and so he was having some really weird dreams but she remember like remembers him saying like exploding raspberries and stuff like that so i didn't know if i would say
2: anything you'll say stuff like
4: medical drugs not like (laughs) yeah not like (laughs) not like like psychedelics (laughs) you say things that you
2: would say during the day
4: uh
3: i don't know if that's fun or weird i don't know or boring
2: No, uh, it's kind of boring sometimes. (laughs) That's why I ask you questions. (laughs) And I'll ask you about the universe. clean the house. If I'm I'm reading science books, I'll always ask you about the universe. Like, what's the diameter of Earth? And, you know, what's the size comparison of Mars? (laughs) And I'm like,
3: 315. so fascinating. Okay, so... And that's
2: like every all the things I buy on Amazon usually, if you notice, it always <laughs> is a credit card like at 2 a.m. when I'm like, babe, can I buy this?
4: <laughs> that explains
2: so much. Yes, It baby. actually does explain so much. <laughs> can I buy this game? It's only $19.99.
3: Holy <laughs> shit, you do buy games all the time yeah. in the
2: middle of the night. I am at the middle of the night because I asked you.
3: Oh my I God. I asked you and you say oh. yeah.
4: <laughs> you do. And that, and that's I'm always why- like, what the <laughs> fuck is his iTunes? Sure. And, then, and then the next day, we, or whenever, when you see the bill, you're like, what is this? And you will be like, you, I asked you, and you told me I could get it. And now it makes now so much it sense. it does all make I sense. I always
2: buy games at, like, midnight and later in that. Like, on, I have this app called Steam, and there's games. Sometimes they'll do discounts or whatever. And I'm like, babe, it's only seven ninety nine. Can I buy this? And you're like, yes, baby, anything <laughs> you want, or whatever. I'm like, sweet.
3: <laughs> you infernal rascal, you... So this is for Sarah. Sarah would like you to try to pronounce these words.
2: Gilsan or Gleason. Gleason? Is that the first one? I don't know. Uh, Couch. Couch? Like sofa? Yeah, I guess like couch.
3: Okay.
2: I said that right, couch. I guess. Madras. 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 No, Madras. M-A-D-R-A. Oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> M-A-D-R-A-S Madras Okay
4: That's like a plaid what type plaid print
2: Aloha I don't know if can say that one Lebanon I know that one Willamette 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 <laughs> Willamette <laughs>
3: Willamette
2: <laughs> Willamette
3: <laughs> That one I know for sure
2: The Dallas Flavel And Wilder
3: What was the, what was the second to last one? Flavel Flavel
2: Yeah <laughs> oh, these are street names. Let me go, let me go through them real quick. Gilson, Couch, Madras, Aloha, Lebanon, Willamette, the Dallas, or the, Dow, the Dolls, the Dallas, the da- Dallas, <laughs> the Dallas, Flavel, <laughs> Wildler.
3: <laughs> there you go, Yay! Sarah. That is Street Names in Oregon by John.
2: Willamette. I got that one right, didn't I? Willamette.
3: Was there an episode where you said it had that word in there? Yeah. I think they said that you said, you said you it, said it wrong. wrong at that point in time.
2: No, I said we'll I Maybe it, that's wrong. Well, lame it. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. So the hint tonight was. Ghoul. Ghoul. So, Jen, where are we going? Who are we killing tonight? I No, can... actually, Nicole, where are we going? Who are we killing?
4: Jen can go first.
2: Yeah, but I don't want her to get it right. Go ahead.
4: Well, I, maybe I don't know the story. Well, I, where no... are we going? I think we're going to Hawaii, and the mystery the mystery gang is gonna
2: the mystery like Scooby
4: Doo. Yeah, like Scooby Doo. (laughs) (laughs) There's uh, they they send out for uh the mystery gang, and the killer is someone who you would not expect it to be because they have a disguise and they get masked. And then they say, "It would have gotten away for it if it weren't for those meddling kids."
2: I used to have a crush on a uh, Velma, the one with the glasses. Really? Yeah.
4: The live version or the what? cartoon? The cartoon. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and we're judging you. <laughs> the cartoon.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I know Hubble. <laughs>
3: uh, I hope the mic picked that up. <laughs> um, I think we're going to Missouri today.
2: How do you spell it?
3: M-I-S-S-O-U-R-I. And I think we are so we're in the deep south in this
2: story. In Missouri? Missouri is up north.
3: Yeah, Missouri is not south. You talking
2: about deep south in Missouri?
3: Like bordering on Arkansas. Okay. And uh, like, you know, like every never mind. Um, so I think this is it. A story where there's a killer on the loose, and people think it's a ghost that's the killer.
2: Uh, it's so kind literally of like, a Scooby Doo like every well, Scooby Doo thing is like this ghostly apparition, it's the ghost. but it's like really yeah. the carnival owner or whatever. Right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's like the or same, like the, the four man <laughs> yeah. or like the foreman, or like the. It's the same plot. Or time. the or the um, but in the, reality, the it's the owner the of the museum, haunted house, the museum, yeah. the museum. What's the name of the museum people? The, it's the Haunted Hayride. <laughs> yeah. it's like we you're going go on away. a haunted hayride Absolutely this year. Absolutely not. Uh-uh. I ain't doing that shit here. Mm-mm. Why not? Just but you'll go here. to but you'll go to a real haunted jail.
3: Yeah, because people aren't going to jump
4: out at me. You don't, don't know, know that? How the fuck do you know that? You don't know that. At least people the haunted... are
2: I've been to that jail. So we're talking at about the, the Lavinia haunted- Fisher episode. Like, I've been inside that jail. And I'm telling you, that is scarier than any haunted house I've ever been to. And it's that's that, why, it's why it's I'm ir- going to be
4: drinking heavily
2: before we oh, go Oh, yeah, there. they did say that we should get drinks beforehand. You literally had tens and thousands of people that had died in that prison. And there is is no ventilation or anything. Their souls are yeah, stuck Yeah, but I don't really there. believe in that.
4: Well, I don't mess with ghosts, and I'd rather be able to explain someone jumping out and touching me than not being able to explain what, it. Do you It's believe- just going to be John going, blah, Jen,
2: blah. Do you believe in, like, eerie things? He's going to get
4: punched in the face if he does that. I just want to forewarn you now. You just want to foreskin me now? I'm not going to do ew. that. <laughs> <Just
2: foreskin. laughs> Tonight, we're doing a special for one of our members, Talcos Primos, who lives in Wisconsin.
4: Mm. Tony?
2: Tony from Wisconsin.
4: Hey, Tony. This hey, is what he said.
2: He basically requested two stories. So I got on the forum. I was like, all right, I'm not going to do the first story you requested because I don't have the stomach for it right now. So I'm going to do the second one. So I started researching the second one. And the second one is, is not really big, big, but there's just so much to it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So he requested... The making and murder Stephen Avery one.
4: Oh, okay.
2: So what I'm gonna do with that is instead of doing Stephen Avery and Brandon Dassey, you know, because there's basically two sides to that story. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you either believe he did it or he didn't do it. Right. But there's two believe much. in the conspiracy There's like seven or not. books yep. about Him doing it and seven books about him not doing it. Hmm. And most of them, it's just sensationalism. You know, if it's like, it's really biased. There's no mental, no one's made, no one has written a book or produced anything that is unbiased about that case. So I like was researching this for hours. I was like, fuck, my head hurts. Yeah. I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do the first story. (laughs) Oh, God.
4: (laughs) Ah.
3: So, I see what you did there. All right. Yeah. So we need some ginger ale and saltines for our summit. Yeah. So
2: if I um if I could go back and watch Scooby Doo, because the hint was ghoul, I would love to do that. But if I wanted to really get into the mood for this story, there's three movies I can pull it from. And they all were created based off this story.
4: Hmm.
2: One is Psycho, Norman Bates. the other one is Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs
1: it rubs the lotion on its skin it does this whenever it's told
4: (laughs) mister my family will pay cash whatever ransom you're asking for they'll pay it
1: it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again
3: Wait, was Buffalo Bill a real cereal color?
2: No. No, Buffalo Bill was Silence the Lambs. Would you fuck me? Yeah. i yeah, yeah. fuck you.
3: Okay, okay, we get you. Yes,
2: I get to do that again. And um. the final one is Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Three of those movies were created because of this story. Oh, <laughs> so we're oh, fucking okay. doing something okay. really gross. This is probably the worst story I've ever done.
3: <laughs> so all of these movies draw inspiration from this. Uh, one no, killer. all
2: these movies were created from this story. <laughs> Literally, they all. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> so tonight we're doing the Psycho oh, part.
3: Wow, which is
2: you know sort. <laughs> Sort of easy. <laughs> but,
3: so he's done all of those things that those but killers? Tomorrow
2: did? we're going to do the Leatherface.
3: Wait, what are we slash doing tonight?
2: Buffalo Bill.
3: We're doing the psych- <laughs> Psycho tonight and tomorrow yeah. Leatherface and Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Got it. This is so a tomorrow fucking insane we're going to talk story. about chainsaws and him sewing human skin together.
2: Well, it gets cold in Wisconsin. Okay. Oh
3: my Some God. Some
2: leggings made of human skin are actually pretty damn warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Shit. This story is fucking awful. I didn't
3: know any of these were
2: were yeah, based you on can, real beings. So, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, all right, maybe I should come on this I show. Mean, I mean,
3: I guess it makes sense if Stephen King, if he Stephen King was Psycho, right? No, that's Alfred Hitchcock. No, it's
2: Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, Psycho, yeah.
3: I think that was. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of um. What's that movie with them? I knew you
2: didn't know what it was.
3: No, I've seen the movie Psycho.
2: It's Norman Bates. The, the guy that we're talking about. Bates
3: Hotel, you know. The
2: character that. that we're talking about tonight, Psycho was actually pulled from him, but the character, specifically Norm- Norman Bates, the guy, the son of the mother who goes crazy and then has his dead mother up in the freaking top of the hotel and dresses like her and wears her wig and shit. It's crazy as movie. And leather. What's the,
3: what's the one with the um and the big mansion with um
4: Jack Nicholson? What's that one? No, that's that's the Shining. That's the Shining. shining. Thank you. That
2: is Stephen King. I do want yes, to see Doctor that's Sleep. What I was
4: that's, the, that's the sequel. It's out now. I think. What is Doctor Sleep? It's when um, it's when Robbie is that the name of the that's the name of the kid right? Danny. If Danny yeah. Danny's grown up and he goes back to the hotel.
2: Is it Stephen King? Yeah, I guess it yeah. has to be. Uh, you know what? That guy puts out a book every damn week. He's a fucking trooper. He put out two books He's in a... like the last two weeks because Will was telling me about it. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was. Because I want to go back and read all the Stephen King books. There's no bad Stephen King book.
4: There's so many. Wait a minute. I'm confused. If this is what I think it is, the timeline doesn't match up to Psycho. Psycho came out in the 60s, right?
2: Okay. What do you think it is?
4: Was it Jeffrey Dahmer? No. Oh my God! Every time Jeffrey Dahmer's from
2: Wisconsin and he wore a wig. This guy makes Jeffrey Dahmer look like a little pansy. <laughs> you want to? <sighs> All right, I'm. A, we're gonna get into it. All right, tonight we're pulling this story from Leatherface, the guy that literally wears faces as mask. Also Norman Bates' obsession with his mother and Buffalo Bill that literally mates, makes mam- mammary vest. <laughs> Anyway, tonight we are reading from uh, a few things, a few things that you won't be able to find unless you go to talkmore.com. I have the autopsy report for one of the victims. I have a psychological profile, and I have the full confession typed out in a 226-page document that is not anywhere, even on the dark web. I literally had to buy it from a shady-ass dude, and... Now I have it, so you can have it too. So tonight we're reading from Deviant from Harold Schechter. Harold Schechter is a true crime writer. He's got plenty of books. I've never read one of his before, but this one was pretty good. It's kind of long, but he uh, definitely paints a picture. I'll tell you that. And this is a really good book, actually, so we'll be reading from that. Any questions?
3: Was Ed Gain from Wisconsin?
2: Yeah, so um, Ed Gain as he is from Wisconsin, and he basically moved when he was a child to Plainfield. Literally, Google Earth it. I've done it. It's nothing. It's a field, and it's Plain. It's a population that has never exceeded 800, and
4: Whoa. it's got
2: a kind of cool story. It was, uh, it, was, it was nothing to begin with, and this, I think, an Irish traveler or something set up a little colony. And then it started getting to mailboxes and post office, and it just kind of grew over 100 years. And Plainfield, Plainf- Plainfield right now, the only reason you know what this is, and I was looking at Zillow, there's some houses for sale there. <laughs> but the only reason people know what it is there. is because it had gain. Like uh, this yeah. is the ghoul of Plainfield, the butcher of Plainfield. Everyone knows Plainfield. They called him the ghoul of Plainfield? Yeah, yeah the, the ghoul, yeah.
3: Joinville? Plainfield.
2: Plainfield. Plainfield. Plain but I uh, Google Earthed it. It's literally nothing but farmland. And his house was actually burned down. So you can't good. see it. And I was like on Google Earth and trying to see like.
3: Burn marks.
2: Burn marks. But it's just been so long. I did find a picture of where it used to be. It's not there anymore. Nothing's there. All right. So we're going Saturday, November 16th, 1957. Uh-huh. Plainfield, Wisconsin. Cold as a dickens. It was freezing up there. And, in fact, this was one of the worst ice and snowstorms they've ever had. And Plainfield, Plainfield, you'll have people from Chicago and everywhere else come to Plainfield for one thing, and that's the hunt. To hunt them deer, okay? That's all there is to do in Plainfield. And since there's such a low population, there's a lot of deer out there. I think that one... That one year, it was like 28,000 deer were killed, like, mm. in the area. Wow. Plainfield,
4: where the deer outnumbered the people. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah.
3: Significantly. That's funny. <laughs> you know what's interesting about... So, serial killers in this time were much more prevalent, but they're... Because it's harder for serial killers to get caught. Mm. You know?
2: I never said this guy was a serial killer.
3: Okay, well, I'm just... Th- I'm I'm thinking about this. I'm just thinking... It's just interesting how, like, so today I feel like we're able to catch serial killers before they become serial killers because of the internet and we're able to track things down and there's evidence and stuff like that. But maybe a serial killer could actually be successful if they were, used the technology that was only available to them back then or and stuff like that. Like they didn't go do searches on the internet and stuff like that. Because that's how how they also get caught. All right. So. Random thought.
2: um, So I'm going to break this up into two different episodes. The first episode will be the psycho portion. Basically, Norman Bates. Not really too gruesome, but we are reading from an autopsy report. And tomorrow for part two, I'm just straight. I'm not waiting on part two. It is. I cannot have this story on my mind more than this week. This is, like, really bad. Anyway, so tomorrow we'll do part two, and that is when we'll dive into Ed Gaines' house. And what do you think we're gonna find in Ed Gaines' house?
4: His mother. Yeah. What else? Other bodies. A chainsaw.
2: Man, you guys...
4: Wigs. Knives.
2: Knives.
4: A shower curtain. Dead bodies.
2: Okay. So, you guys... (laughs)
4: We can keep going
2: if you want. 1957 Saturday was November. Now, everyone in Plainfield, except for Mr. Ed Gain, he is the only one not hunting. In fact, he's scared of blood from what he tells people. All right, it's cold as shit, deer season. Now, there's these little gas stations in Plainfield that would act as kind of after spots for deer hunters. So you'll kill a buck or a doe, and then you'll bring it to get weighed in. It had to be like a certain size or whatever. And you had to tag it and register it because they only allow you to hunt so much, I guess.
4: Oh, kind of like the fishing commission. There's like a hunting and game.
2: Yeah, so Mm. it was a 58-year-old woman, middle-aged, Bernice Warden, W-O-R-D-E-N. She owned the Warden hardware shop and like I said at this time in the morning when she goes missing because she goes missing before they find her there was nobody out everyone is out hunting deer everyone in Plainfield is out hunting deer except for one person that's Ed Gain and how they found out that Ed Gain was the one that took this woman is because he went in that shop to get some antifreeze and there was a receipt there with his name on it. That's how they connected him. And as soon as they saw the receipt, they knew it was him because everyone thought Ed was an oddball. All right. This day, detectives actually go to Ed Gaines' house, his dilapidated farmhouse. And let's just get through this. Um, Arthur Shelley, S-C-H-L-E-Y, he was a sheriff. Mm -hmm. He goes in there, and he knows Ed Gain that has took Bernice Ward in. Now, Ed Gain wasn't even at the house at the time. He actually was at a neighbor's because Ed Gain was a really nice guy, and he was helping when the neighbors do something, like, you know, whatever. Because he always does it. He always, uh, you know, always there to help. He was actually eating dinner over there when the detectives walked into his home. Now, I want to say next episode we're going to talk about how his home looked inside, but it was completely, it was like a hoarder. And I'm going to talk about why it was like this, the psychology. But there was trash everywhere, literally everywhere. It was fucking gross. All right, so this is Ed Gaines' house right here. I'm putting the pictures on talkmurder.com. So if you guys want to go see the pictures, there's kind of the mess, the squalor he was living in right there, if you want to narrate that.
3: Um, well, there's shit. Everywhere. Looks like my room. Um, every surface is covered with something. I mean, there's, like, papers and books and baskets, and there's, like, a bag of Domino sugar at the front of the screen.
2: What? Oh. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I think this is supposed to be his kitchen. He's wearing a David Crockett hat.
2: The detectives walk in, and immediately, one of them, Sheely, S-C-H-L-E-Y. Sheriff, the sh- The sheriff walks in immediately and he looks back at the other police officer and says, my God, there she is. They had finally found Miss Warden. I'm going to tell you all about her in a little bit, but she is the 58-year-old victim that owned the hardware store. Okay, now...
3: They just found her when they walked into the house?
2: They How? Yes, they, they How found her. How can you
4: find anything in there? Um, you sound like my mother.
2: Because... She looked like this.
4: <gasps>
2: <laughs>
3: shit. Holy shit. So yeah. she's hanging upside down. Yes. What is
4: covering her? Nothing. That's her skin.
3: Oh she is her. She's head decapitated,
4: cut off? yeah. Or is the <sighs> oh, oh, that's something I never wanted to see and never want to see again. Is her <laughs> head cut off? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so um
4: So she's hanging up upside- Oh. Oh. Here, let what? me blow that picture up for oh,
2: you. My oh
3: my god.
2: <laughs> Holy
3: fucking shit. Okay, so Holy, is this what you purchased <laughs> from that dude? All
2: right, this or is, is this what you found. This is um Bernice oh, Warden.
3: That is by Okay, she seriously, was- that was the most graphic thing we've ever seen. <laughs>
4: On this podcast.
3: (laughs) Yes, it is. That is the most graphic thing we've ever seen. uh,
4: I think that that the Luca Magnata video was more graphic. (laughs) Okay,
3: okay, that's that's fair.
2: Aside from that, that was. All right, read this, Nicole. This is from Deviant. The, uh, book.
3: there in the beam of his flashlight dangled a large dead white carcass it was hanging upside down by its feet its front had been split completely open so that its trunk was a little more than a dark gaping hole the carcass had been decapitated as though someone had sliced the head off for a trophy
2: Mm-mm. all right immediately the detectives and the sheriff they're vomiting literally all over themselves because y'all seen it in black and white, these guys just walked in, and there she is. And I told you it was deer season.
3: How is this? The, she, is this the beginning of the story because you're going back?
2: <laughs> she is hung out like what they call a dressed-out deer. Basically, you hang the deer up yeah. by his feet, and you slit open his belly, and all his innards fall out. But
3: they he sliced it, like, from the hoo-ha. Up. All
2: right.
3: You know? Now like we're,
2: the hoo-ha was, like, carved out. Now, when they actually found her, the sheriff, after he's done... Because he vomited a lot. I mean, you saw the pictures. Yeah. He vomited a lot. He actually says, quote, the body was hung up and butchered like a heifer. <laughs> 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 Shit. That's bad. That's really bad, actually. We're going to be reading from... our Jen's going to be reading the autopsy report tonight. The body, this is from the autopsy report, the body of Miss Bernice Warden had been found in the woodshed of the old Gein farmhouse near Plainville, Wisconsin. It had been decapitated at shoulder level by a smooth circular cut which severed skin. All the soft structures and intervertebral cartilage between the sixth and seventh cervical vertebrae had been cut with a sharp instrument. There was no evidence of jagged edges indicating an axe or similar implement that had been used.
4: You know, interesting in this little snippet that you read, Nicole, how they describe it as a carcass. I've never seen a human victim described that way before, but it's accurate. Like, it literally looks like a dead animal, and that's very sad. Terrible thing. It looks like
2: a dressed-out deer.
4: Here, the cut circled around the external genitalia for the complete removal of the vulva, lower vagina. You drive a and vulva, the an- don't you? <laughs> All
0: right, go ahead. Want to improve your self-confidence? We recommend Short North Dental for your whitening, tightening, and brightening needs. From cleanings to Botox, treat yourself to a great smile. Check out the newest gallery in the Arts District at shortnorthdental.com. Because dentistry has never looked this good. I often find out the hard way that all IPAs are not created equal. Some are hop bombs that forget about flavor, others only taste good if you drink them with a heavy meal. Fortunately, Founders Brewing Company has found a way to enjoy an IPA anytime and at any occasion with their all-day IPA. You can taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make all-day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. Whether you're relaxing after a long day at work or hanging outside with your friends, All Day IPA will become one of your favorites. It's one reason why Founders is in the top 10 of the nation's craft breweries and a staple in my fridge. When you taste All Day IPA, you'll understand how they got there. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer and now hard seltzers too at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company. Born and brewed in Michigan since 1997
4: and the anus with the lowest portion of the rectum. To accomplish this, the symphysis pubis had been split and the pubic bones widely separated. From the appearance of the cut for evisceration, it was concluded that the cut was started from the lower end and terminated above the stomach pit. She
2: was hung up like a dressed-out deer. Now, this is um, uh, from Deviant. With unsteady hands, they trained their flashlights on the gutted Headless woman suspended by her heels from the ceiling, a crude wooden crossbar three feet long, bark covered and sharpened to a point at both ends. Literally a spike at both ends, a piece of wood that was spiked on both ends, stuck in between her heels to hang her up. All right.
4: Oh, my gosh.
2: ...had been shoved through the tendons of one ankle. The other foot had been slit above the heel and secured to the rod with a stout cord. So one, one end is going through her ankle. The other one is wrapped around a cord and hanging on there, Okay, like you saw in the picture. Her arms were held, taut at her sides, by hemp ropes that ran from her wrist to the crossbar. The bar itself had been hooked to a block and tackle and hauled up towards the roof beams and they are left to keep in the coldness of the shed like a side of beef in a butcher's meat locker. The mutilated remains of the 58-year-old grandmother hung. Jesus.
4: 58-year-old grandmother. That's awful. All right. So the
2: head's gone so they can't find the head. Okay. And not only that, a lot of other parts are gone. Now, from the autopsy report, well, it says, the quote, The vulva is gone. Yeah, the vulva is gone. Okay. And from the autopsy report, quote, um, Head and viscera had been found in the same location. The vulva in a box. What the fuck is a vulva? That's like the vagina, right? Yes, yeah, it's the it's outer like part the of the, the exterior. Vagina. Oh, like the lips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, gross. <laughs> and the heart in a plastic bag.
3: And the heart?
2: Yeah. The ha- now, here, a lot of people. Was saying a lot of news were saying oh there was the heart was in on the stove and he was boiling like, boiling it like some kind of monster. No, it was in a bag, just a plastic bag, just to save it.
4: You know, but the whole other he, than he wasn't that, that he's bad. Not yeah, he's not that bad. He, he he was saving it at least.
2: All right, the vulva and adjoining structures that had been removed were presented in a carton box together and preserved and dried. Ew. Other specimens of the same type. There wasn't just one vulva in that box, guys. The fresh, oh fresh, the freshly removed vulva. If I have
4: to hear the word vulva one more time, <laughs> I do keep thinking of your uh, car. Now. Yeah, it's like it's your ruined car forever. <laughs> I love my car. Thanks a lot, John. Um, oh, that's pretty
2: gross. The freshly removed vulva fitted well into the tissue defect of the body. Only a few pubic hairs had remained on both sides of the removed organs, and a portion of this hairy skin was removed for purpose of identification. So there were some still some pubes on there. If you want to go ahead and finish this Ugh. because I'm about to puke, you can.
3: The thoracic and abdominal viscera had been, complete, had been separately kept, wrapped in newspaper, and hidden in a bundle of old clothing. The viscera... Con- consisted of both lungs with the trachea and the aorta from the base to the abdominal bifurcation, the esophagus, stomach, small and large intestines.
2: All right, so basically all the the trachea and esophagus and all the long-ass organs, you know, that run down, yeah. they were kind of rolled up in an old newspaper, which kind of makes sense, you know, because the newspaper, you just roll them up kind of like sure. a wrap totally like what they do at subway just you know how the subway sandwiches they fold
4: them yeah i know then, how to yeah. you you first what you do is you put the sandwich on the paper then you fold in the sides and then you roll in the paper i was a sandwich artist i would know sandwich artist yes that's what the apron said and the hat I
3: remember when subway first came out man that was so so popular
2: yeah and then jared started touching little boys
3: it went downhill before that it might have been girls though. This
1: program is brought to you by Subway, the way a sandwich should be.
2: The head with the neck was submitted in separate cardboard boxes.
4: You know when you were saying the organs are wrapped up in newspaper, I started thinking about like actual butchers wrapping the meat.
2: The portion of the lower medulla oblongata, huh? Waterboy?
4: Yeah. Medulla oh, oblongata. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> insert yes.
2: insert sound clip here.
4: Mama says that Alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth, but
1: no toothbrush. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your mama
2: said it. Alligators are aggressive because of an enlarged medulla oblongata. It's the sector of the brain which controls aggressive behavior. That is correct. The medulla oblongata. But mama said The medulla oblongata. Uh, and the upper cervical spine had been ripped out. The... Uh, the spinal cord was not even found. They had to go. It was like missing puzzle pieces. Like I'm doing this puzzle here and there's puzzle pieces everywhere. It's like the body, like organs were found all over the place. Do you want to see her? Um... No. All right. So that's the autopsy report. I'm putting that on there for you guys. Now, basically, it says that she actually suffered from none of this. Ed Gein actually killed her in her hardware store. And we're going to get to that in a minute how he did it. Basically, a bullet shot right in the head. She's dead. So she I didn't actually suffer during all this. A silver lining. But this was this wasn't a lot in the autopsy report. If you read, it's not that bad, and that's because Ed. You mean compared to his other victims? Compared to the shit they found in his house, this oh, is no. nothing. This is this must have just happened today, and he hasn't had time yet. This is what that was, okay? <laughs> oh,
3: to do anything else with it, you mean?
2: Yeah, because it was in pretty good shape compared to uh, some of the other shit. Oh
3: no! Wait, I, so is this this is the end for Ed Gain at this point? You're starting yeah. at the end, right?
2: Yeah, this is where he gets arrested.
3: Okay, I was thinking, like, wait, how did this happen? And then he's still going out and doing things.
2: All right, so this is the uh, popper. This is a popular uh, limerick that came out about old Ed. You want to read that?
3: There once was a man named Ed who wouldn't take a woman to bed. When he wanted a diddle, he cut out the middle and he hung the rest in his shed. Oh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Can someone hat? tell me how the man from Nantucket limerick goes cuz I don't actually know it?
2: Edward Theodore was born August 27th, 1906. He was a second child. His older brother, Henry, the only other sibling he had, and him. They were born basically in squalor their whole life. The dad, his parents immigrated from Germany area, come over here. Now, he was a hard worker at first, but he eventually found the bottle and went downhill quick. Ed was actually kind of an oddball, and and you'll hear that a lot if you read the book. Well, I'm sure he's...
3: Sort of odd. Very, very
2: weird. And to really understand this episode, you have to understand the movie Psycho because it was basically made out of this. I've never seen it. Ed's mother, Augusta, was very domineering. Let me talk a little bit about the father first. George, okay? Mm -hmm. This is before he meets Augusta, the mother. He, from the age of three years old... Has had a shitty life. He was born in 1873 in Coon Valley, Wisconsin. Hmm. Okay. Now he cannot be found in any census prior to the 1900s, but as his wife Augusta will eventually point out, he was worthless and good for nothing. George Gain had a horrible life, even from the age of three years old. His mother, father, and older sister, they went out in their wagon one day to the grocery. And tragically, that day, the Mississippi River flooded, and it trapped his entire family underwater, and they all drowned. So at three years old, he was... A foster. He, you know, he lost everything at three years old. Oh, my goodness. And throughout his entire life, you know, up until the day that he died, he was angry at the world type of thing. You know, he would drink all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, he would just feel like he got screwed over by the world. And he kind of did.
3: I mean, that's a pretty shitty situation to have been through.
2: In 1909 to 1911, he actually owned his own meat store.
3: Well, that's ironic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's really ironic. <laughs> um, Isn't this was it ironic. This was in the La Crosse uh, area. Around this, or before this, he meets Augusta. Now, Augusta, very domineering Lutheran, evangelistic Lutheran, Lutheran, like. Everyone else is a sinner going to burn and die in the eternal flame unless they live by a strict code of morality, right. ethics, okay? She was very, very strict, and she was the head of the house. And, in fact, if you go back and look at the history of even the meat store, when it's, uh, when the meat store opens, you know, it's under George's name. He's the propi- proprietor,
4: mm-hmm. the
2: owner, okay? Two years later, after Augusta has been domineering everything with an iron fist, controlling everything, the census says she's the owner, okay? And he's just a clerk. That's kind of how you can see how controlling she is. To understand the story, you really have to Understand the mother. She literally kept the family afloat. Now, they never really had anything at all, but she, if it wasn't for her, they would have literally starved to death. So that is what Ed Gein, the younger brother, was looking at. Like, she is literally a superhero because she's keeping this family afloat. The dad eventually is not doing anything, he's just a drunkard. A quote from the movie Psycho A boy's best friend is his mother. Is not an understatement to say that Ed Gained Ed Gain worshipped his mother. Here, if you want to read this, this is when they finally bust down the door of Ed Gain's home. This is what they found.
3: The searchers had stumbled upon a shrine, like Egyptologists breaking into a burial chamber of a pharaoh. The men who entered Augusta Gain's living quarters that night were the first humans to set foot inside that sanctum since it had been sealed off many years before by a worshiper who had regarded it as a dwelling place of a god. Oh.
2: That sums it up perfectly. You saw the picture of the inside of Ed Gaines' house. Completely dilapidated farmhouse. There was no... He didn't even have electricity. Okay? There was trash everywhere. His house was... Which used to be her house was a complete wreck, dilapidated, literally fallen down like an old farmhouse, no electricity. he's never cleaned anything. It's just complete squalor. But they took down the boards that were boarded up this room, and it was a shrine of the mother. Everything was exactly how she had left it. it was but super so weird so
4: this this hoarding and squaloresque living. I don't know if squaloresque is a word, but it is now. That all happened after the mother died, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. From the Daily News, August 11th, 1974, Augusta Gain dominated the household. She was a stern woman who generally wore still sateen dresses and a straight, dull hair drawn tightly to a prim knot at her nape. She would warn Ed over and over about women. They were handmaidens of the devil. She didn't include herself, of course, in that category. Now, this story really takes place. Now, we said 1957, so 10 years after she died is when he got caught. The whole story takes place after she is dead. Before that, the brother, the older brother and the father died in pretty rapid succession within a few years of each other. But it wasn't until the mother died that this started to happen because Ed Gain was all alone. The mother thought sex was an abomination against God. Even to her own husband, George. No wonder he was in such a bad mood all the time. He would not let George have sex with her unless she wanted a kid. And it was only until she's pregnant. That's it. This is her mother and her sex life. Augusta did not feel close to Henry at all, the older brother, and she really wanted a girl, a little baby girl. She was that's what she wanted. Mm. Instead she had old Ed. But now, this is from Deviant the book. Think quote things would be different with a daughter and so she clenched her teeth and allowed her husband to commit the foul deed upon her again. Wow. <laughs> Okay, now, she thought sex bad was for the guy yeah, she thought sex was unsanctified by marriage and an unpardonable sin, an abomination between husband and wife. Carnal relations were a loathsome duty to be tolerated for the sake of procreation.
3: Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun.
2: She was so into her Lutheran religion and everyone else was the devil and handmaidings of hell, that she actually moved the family after they... They were actually making some money in the meat shop. Hmm. So she actually saved up the money they were making, and she moved the family to Plainfield and bought 160 acres. Uh She literally... It was like $3,500 at the time that she had saved up. She bought this farm. Now, as soon as she did that they started not making any money it was not a very good financial decision it wasn't a good business decision but she didn't make it because of that she made it to get out of public because the public and all these girls walking around in the 50s you know this Dangerous. whole new age rock kinda, and roll all this shit devil music She's trying to take her kids away from that. So she basically moves to Plainfield in this isolated-ass farm right? that's way out. There's no one out there. And she doesn't let her kids go anywhere. Okay? So they actually started living a lot worse off on the farm because they were farming, but they're not making any money. She only moved out there because to get away from the freaking demons living in the public. She was fucking awful. But... This is where you really got to understand Ed Gain, okay? Because as a younger child, he sees his father as more and more of an alcoholic and not working to produce anything for the family. And the mother is doing everything. She's keeping the family afloat. If it wasn't for her, they would literally die because the father was drunk all the time, mm-hmm. okay? So this is where Ed starts to really see her mother as a superhero, as a god, like you said in the shrine. All right, so this is how Augusta feels about... This is how Augusta felt about her husband. There was one night, uh, multiple nights actually, but this one recorded. He comes home, he's drinking all day, he's at the tavern. He comes home, starts beating her, just beating her right in the face, like as hard as he can. She is throwing every insult she can at him while he's doing this. You're worthless. You know, I wish you were dead. All this stuff. This says, quote, Augusta would sink to the floor, wailing and shouting insults. Afterwards, she would draw herself to her knees and pray fervently for her husband's death. Wow. Holy shit. She fucking hated that guy. So it's only a family of four. Ed is a little pipsqueak, and he does attend school and all this stuff, but he's an oddball. He gets made fun of all the time. He's got this uh, little cyst that's on his eye that has been there since birth. You can see in the photos that makes his eye droop. So he kind of looks slow, and he, and he is slow, mm-hmm. you know, from what everyone said about him. And he was the one that they would all the kids would make fun of. Um, They called it the saggy, baggy eye. And in fact, in 1942, when he was 36 years old, I believe, still living at home, he actually travels for a physical exam because he was drafted by the military. Henry was too old at the time, his older brother. Mm -hmm. When he arrived at Milwaukee, which was the furthest he's ever been up until death, which was 130 miles away. Wow. They actually rejected him due to the cyst on his eye. Wow. Because it would affect his vision. Yeah. The father died April 4th, 1940, at 65 years old. After that, it seemed like the mother really didn't care. She didn't get the daughter she wanted and, you know, whatever. Soon after that, about four years later, on Tuesday, it was May 16th, 1944, at the age of 43, the older brother, Henry, died. And this is kind of weird. No one really knows what happened, but there was a a marsh fire. A marsh fire? Yeah, marsh fire, like that had raged out of control.
4: That sounds kind of
2: counterintuitive. Well, it, no, not like in the water, but like all the grasses and stuff. Mm. And it was it literally raged out of control. Ed and his his brother yeah. went there to try to contain it. Now, from some accounts it says Ed is the one that started the fire. But no one ever knows. Now, the brother ends up dying
3: in the fire? In the fire?
2: <gasps> Ed's story, when he goes to the police, is, you know, I need help. He goes to the sheriff. I can't find my brother. He's out there in the smoke and in the fire. Please come help me. When the police go to the marsh fire, Ed leads them straight to the brother, which is lying on the ground. The ground is completely scorched. They turn over Henry, the dead brother, and he has no burns or anything on him.
4: Ooh, His weird. face
2: is badly beaten. Bruises everywhere. But they didn't think anything of it.
3: Oh, uh, that's weird. Hmm. Yeah. So is that possibly his first kill?
2: Yeah. I think he did kill him. No one knows for sure, but it's, it really seems like he did. And I'll tell you exactly why he killed him.
3: Were he and his brother at odds with each other?
2: Kind no, of, Maybe yeah.
4: his mother and his brother were at odds with each
2: other. Mm. The The Washora... Argus newspaper reported on May 18th, quote, it was determined by the medical authority present that death was due to asphyxiation. Oh, but that's
4: well, he could have choked on smoke.
2: Yeah, but it would be the lungs. fact is he couldn't find his brother and he leads the sheriff directly to him. Yeah, that's weird. And he has bruises all over his face and the ground is completely scorched and he has no burns on him
4: Why are okay. you hitting yourself.
2: Um, after an investigation by the coroner, it was decided that an inquest was not necessary as foul play did not enter into the geth of, death of Mr. Gain. And I put here Cain and Abel, question mark, mm. because at around this time, Henry, the older brother, which was the more capable brother. Right. You know, and Ed did look up to him and he was providing a lot of money for the family. It's not a lot, but he would go do old. He would go and do odd jobs and stuff like that. Around this time, Henry came to him. Now, Henry was about to get married, married off to a a new bride and everything. He came to Ed, his brother, and voiced a concern that he was getting uncomfortably close with his mom. Ed was. He saw this weird controlling type of connection they had. And he thought he knew it was unhealthy. If you see the movie Psycho, it's, it's just like that. You see Norman Bates; he's got this really weird relationship with his mother. You seen that? No. You seen uh, Bates Motel?
4: No, I started to watch oh.
2: it, but I didn't. So make he's got a good this really I, weird.
3: You played that like that first episode,
2: actually. Yeah, he's got this really weird connection with his mother. It's not sexual, but it's just like.
4: Dependent,
2: really extremely dependent and and everything. So that was around the time. Now, a lot of people think Ed killed the brother because of that. And that makes sense. But now you got Henry dead. You have the father dead. How did the father die? The father died of a heart, like heart, liver. He was a drunk, yeah, Mm -hmm. liver damage or whatever. So now Henry's dead. So now you got Ed. He's got everything he wants, which is only his mother. It's them two, right? That's all he's ever wanted, just them two. There's no alcoholic father. There's no brother that's doing all these great things, you know. It's just the mother and Ed, just how he wants it, just like in the Bates Motel. Let me talk a little bit about the 1950s, and especially in the big old metropolis of Plainfield. Interesting here, and I don't know hardly anything about the 1950s besides, you know, the Cold War was coming up. The whole Nazi thing was still fresh in everyone's mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there was a, from what I've been reading, there's this weird kind of culture with that. You had publications like Tales from the Crypt, you know, with these uh, magazines, these uh, comic books, if you will. Which, Ed, if you go into Ed's house and they found all these true crime detective magazines mm-hmm. and all kinds of tales from the crypt and vault of horror and all this stuff, that, that was hugely popular back then. And it was very gruesome. The, t- the stories in that were extremely gruesome for the time. It kind of mirrored the culture, I guess. But during that time, it's kind of interesting On TV, couples weren't allowed, married couples, husband and wife, were not allowed to be shown on television sleeping in the same bed.
4: Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Lucy. They had separate beds. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a lot of couples didn't sleep in the same bed back Mm then. Yeah. I know people today that still... Don't share a bed.
3: My grandparents um, had separate beds in, in our beach house. And it, my Pepe, he will still say, make the same joke today. It was so that my grandmother would stay off of him because I had six kids. Oh,
4: my God. <laughs> oh, Seven
3: six kids. He was like, they had to separate us. Oh, my <laughs> we God. We had to separate each other. Oh, that's so cute.
2: <laughs> I love Tales from the Crypt, man. I wish they put that shit on Netflix or Hulu or something.
3: Yeah. Isn't it? They have that one, the movie. Mm, The movie. Oh.
2: Um, So around this time, and he got obsessed with these. He was obsessed with a couple things. The South Sea Headhunters, which I'm still going to look up because it sounds very interesting. He was obsessed. And you have magazines like Life Magazine at the time putting all these pictures of all the Nazi concentration, thousands of dead Jewish prisoners. Lined up like in a mass suicide, looking like Mm. in the concentration camps. That would be on the pages of Life Magazine. Mass suicide or mass homicide? Mass. It looks like a mass suicide, but it's a genocide. But he would collect these things. He was really interested in that stuff. He was. He got really interested in grave robbing tales. He got interested in the Nazi death camps. He was interested in all these weird things. Okay, really interested.
3: Just. Dark things, Dark
2: things, yeah. Now, Plainfield, the entire population, like I said, has never reached over 800. And you can, in fact, fit the entire population right now of Plainfield inside one New York City apartment building. Wow.
4: You can fit the whole population inside of a high school gym.
2: Yeah. Wow. 600 people, I think. Today, it's like 600 people. The mother, they own this meat shop. Meat cutting shop. She saves all the money. She moves to this isolated farmhouse with 60 acres or 160 acres in Plainfield. And that's where Ed would spend his entire life mm-hmm. more and more isolated from reality. And if you go to Ed Gaines, when they went to Ed Gaines' place, now the, the locals knew who he was. They didn't think he was capable of doing all this stuff, but they knew he was an oddball. I mean, his house became a haunted house from what all the kids, you know, the kids mm. ride their bicycles. The best way to describe Ed Gaines' personality is when the mother died, is look at his house. So the house represented especially inside i mean mm-hmm. there were stuff everywhere and now we're talking about a lot of this stuff tomorrow but you go in and look at the pantry look at the pantry you pull out a jar there's multiple jars sitting there full of used bubble gum he just takes the bubble gum out and sticks it in there and he saves his bubble gum ew he has dentures sitting Ugh. on the pantry he has shit Did he everywhere need dentures Or those from his victims. The thing is about all the trash in his home is most of it didn't even come from him. It was literally he was going to the dump and bringing trash into his home. This was the manifestation of what Mm -hmm. Ed was going through after his mother died. A lot of baggage? Just completely... Chaos. His home literally was falling down. I mean, the the wood was falling. I mean, I'm surprised the house was even standing when they went in it. So a lot of the kids thought it was haunted. And in fact, they would come up to the door, and at one point, Ed would let them in, you know, into the house and stuff like that. Now,
3: is that why they called him the Ghoul of?
2: Yeah. So once he started doing this weird stuff, which just say you don't want to sit on you don't want to sit on any furniture in there. But anyway, oh no. Oh. Well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that could go
2: so many ways. He would come down with a box and he's like check this out. He would pull out a human head. And show it to who? Show it to these kids. Are uh, you kidding me? Not a, hu- a human head. Yeah, but a shrunken head. Oh, n- like ugh. that you find like the voodoo like these yeah, the voodoo heads. Okay. Wait, did he <laughs> Well, he what? would say, okay. Now, he would say that they are genuine South Sea shrunken heads. Remember, he was um, obsessed with the South Sea pirates and all that stuff. Eventually, they figured out that, you know, these were—he was really doing this. But uh, we'll get to that next—
3: How does one shrink someone's head?
2: You have to, like, put it in some chemical, don't you? Eventually, Ed's house became known as a haunted house. And much like the movie Psycho— because, like I said, they made that movie based on the story. The only light coming from the house at night, which is so eerie, was from an oil candlelight that you could barely see through the windows. It was flickering. Because, remember,
4: he didn't have electricity. But that wow. is spooky. I feel like that is literally not bad in comparison to what he did to his victims Like as far as killing them. You know, like, it's showing, so a, showing a head to a child after shrunken and pull, pulling it off as, like, a voodoo thingy. I mean, actually, now that I say that out loud, I'm going to retract that. Because that's pretty awful, the fact that he actually did that. But in it's comparison to, you know, if, you know, oh, say like he I said, wasn't the one the, who shrunk the heads, you know?
2: This is the G-rated episode. Can't wait. <laughs> Let me go back and talk about the warden murder, right quick, because the M O is really simple.
3: The warden murder. The the
2: the, 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 the warden, Miss Bernice Warden. Oh, yeah. No. Oh. Let me talk about the M O of the the murder.
3: The final murder. The
2: final murder. Yeah, because it's really simple how he does it. It's not sophisticated. Now, the post mortem, if you will, what he does to the bodies is very complicated. Here's how it goes down that morning. He goes into the shop. Now, he already knew he was going to kill her. Okay. Frank, which I haven't mentioned, is the son of Miss Warden. He is out hunting like every other male in Plainfield. Ed knew this. It was like eight more days of hunting season. He knew this, and he planned the murder based on no one's going to be here because in the morning around this time is like 10 in the morning everyone's going to be out in the woods.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So he goes in there to fill his antifreeze up. Now, she didn't particularly like him at all, but you know he was a paying customer, and his mother, when she was living, was a, a good customer as well. Now, I'm not going to point out the fact that Miss Warden and all the other victims had a very striking striking resemblance to Ed's mother at the mm. time. Yeah, huh. <laughs> but he goes in there with it's interesting
3: his... if he worshiped his mother and they were all, yeah, hmm.
2: he goes in there with you of someone
4: Here... like Ted Bundy. Here's Sorry. how
2: he does it he goes in there and asks for the antifreeze. She goes back and fills it up. He asked to see one of the 22 gauge rifles that was on the racks as it was also a hunting shop. She pulls it down off the rack. And he's looking at it. Oh, yeah, you know, I like this. I could really use this. She turns her back and walks towards the store window. And just right then, he reaches in his overall pocket, his overall pocket, and pulls out a twenty-two shell. And he loads it up and basically, just like the autopsy report says, shoots her right in the back of the head. Or that in his festering madness, he had begun to perceive the 58-year-old widow as a wicked creature deserving of divine punishment, the evil antithesis of his own sainted mother. Wow. All right. So like I said, this episode, I just wanted you to get to know who Ed was. Oh,
3: we're just getting a taste. He's actually a really nice guy.
4: Getting to know all about you.
2: And um, I'm going to go ahead and put the... I'm gonna put up um, the autopsy report and all the other documents that I paid this weird guy for for you guys for free. What so, what, did,
4: what came I from him? I can't believe that you did that. Actually, I can. It was
2: a confession. The confe- I could not find this anywhere. I mean, not even like the dark web or anything. Like I've looked everywhere, like, every forum. No one has it. It was the confession, 226 page. Now that was recorded, but. It's lost the history, the actual recording. But it was transcribed and it was 226 pages, which I'm putting on talk murder for you guys free. Hmm. Wow. Also, the autopsy report of the 58-year-old Bernice Warden, okay, is on there. Now, you were saying something and you know, oh, for a 58-year-old, she had nice breast. I mean, oh, you know, that wasn't was the autopsy yeah, report. Yeah, so the and it's kinda weird. I was gonna mention this earlier. The autopsy was done by a doctor and his wife, and if you read the book, the wife actually scribbles notes, and you can see it on the autopsy report, on the sidelines, and some of them are—it almost looked like she was writing, trying to figure out sensational headlines, kind of like I'm going to do with this episode, Hmm. try to put, like, the most sensational headlines. It's kind of, you know—because at the time, the newspapers were going wild— Okay. And crazy. Let me talk about this one thing before we uh, close this out. Because Ed's mother, the entire time growing up. Now, he is literally 40 years old when she died. 45.
3: Yeah. He's a grown man. He has
2: never had sex. Mm -hmm. He has never seen, you know,
3: a a vulva
2: in his life.
3: But when does he start all these killings?
2: When his mother dies. Now, he doesn't start hmm. killing. Aside from per his Per se. Somewhere after his mother died and his whole life is literally going to shambles, he gets maybe a this urge, this weird urge, to see the female body. But Ed Gain isn't just going to go pick up some hottie at the bar, you know? So... Let me just say, when they went through all Ed's stuff, he was an avid collector. Every issue that came out, Playboy, every news that came out, every week, every day, he would collect the obituary sections. No. And his first female body was dug from the grave. (gasps) So, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh my god! So, the, yeah, this is the G episode. So, basically, Ed wants to see some female bodies. So, what he would do, and it's actually pretty smart, he would get these obituaries, and when a woman dies, he would wait till nighttime, and when she's freshly buried. Now, you got to wait till she's freshly buried. He would take this long rod, and he can test the firmness of the soil to see if he can dig it up. He would go out there with his pickup truck. I mean, because she's still fresh, you know, and a lot of... Not really. Well, she's still got makeup on and stuff because the embalming, you know, they dress them up, you know. So he goes out there and he digs them up and basically hauls them. Oh, my God, this is... (laughs) He takes them back (laughs) to his house? (laughs)
3: Holy shit. Let let me say this one thing. Let me say
2: Oh, (laughs) my God. I'm going to read. I'm so not prepared for tomorrow. I got the (laughs) confession, but a lot of times he, you know, because that dead body is heavy, man. Sometimes you just want to take the head. And uh, on the confession... Does he
3: not care about the body? I don't Oh, A lot.
2: Yeah, he does. But a lot of times he would just take the head. Now, in the confession, the police... Because they're really interested. They're like, all right, so you're robbing these graves. Okay. You know, you open them up, and sometimes you would just take the head. You know, what did you just take a saw out there? He's like, he said, no, I never used a saw. And he didn't use any tools. He basically took the head and, <laughs> and <laughs> moved it back and forth like you would, Aww. you know, trying to break a wire. You know, you like, you take a spoon. All right. Think about a, a dinner spoon. And you you bend it and you keep bending it you know back and forth until it finally snaps off uh-huh. snaps in half. That's what he would do to the head. He would oh take it God. and bend it. oh my God, <laughs> and twist it around, and it would finally come off. <laughs> oh my God <laughs> Wow, uh, so uh, let me tell you uh what tomorrow's gonna be if you guys want to stick around. I'm gonna just run through a little stuff. I might, we're have, gonna
4: to be... t- might have to tap out <laughs> <laughs> I have to tap Rebecca in. <laughs> No, yeah. Well, um,
2: let me tell you about some of the stuff we're going to talk about next episode. We're going to talk about how to make a human mask out of someone's face. And, in fact, it's really weird because the, oh, you know, shit. the victim's families, some of them could identify the victims based on their face, not their head, but their face, like their floppy face.
3: Uh-huh. You
2: know? I got pictures. Let me show you a picture of that.
3: No, I think this is the most fucked up one we've ever done. Ah,
2: uh, wait, hold on.
3: I mean, okay, there's the the Vampire Sacramento was really fucked up, but this,
4: I, I don't know. All
2: right, well, this we haven't is, even
4: finished the story. This yet. is Bernice. <gasps> that's
2: Bernice. Uh, oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that's her entire head.
2: Yeah. The face would look kind of like this. Oh, That's what the face look like? So he would wear it like a mask.
4: You Can't unsee that.
2: Um, and it's kind of weird shit. because he would go. He would.
3: That is dis- That is so bad. No, <laughs> I still see it in my mind's eye, though. All
2: right, so oh, we're I, going. Yeah,
3: you can't unsee that shit. We're going to oh. talk about
2: a lot of things. We're going to talk about how to preserve a vulva, because. Um, Just what in case. what Ed has found out is, look, they found a box of about ten vulvas, okay. And why do you ten? What, what Ed has found out is they they turn green, um, if you don't try to preserve them. Preserve them. So he would sprinkle some salt on them. We're going to talk about like that. a ham. We're going to talk about Ed's uh, face mask collection, which he had a bunch of them. We're going to talk about. Um, and the furniture. We're going to talk about some of the furniture. Uh, I'm yeah. also going to go through the psychology report. I got that as well. I couldn't find that anywhere. I had to buy it from that weird dude. So I'm going to go through that. So tomorrow, or right, for yeah, the lots next ep- to cover for the next episode, things found in Ed Gaines' home. We're going to talk about how to make and properly wear a skin suit. We're going to talk about the psychology of Ed Gain a little more, and we're going to go through the arrest and all that stuff. Basically. Today's episode was the psycho version. He's obsessed with his mom. All this stuff. Next episode will be Leatherface.
3: Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of Talk Murder to Me. We can't wait for part two. Get that saltine and ginger ale out for you. I can wait.
2: If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this episode, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become a stalker, go to talkmer.com slash join. Become a talk host primo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you may do. I'll research it, Dedicated to you on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. Here with Jen and Nicole. Until next time.
4: Fuck me. I fuck me. That fuck me, so Scooby Dooby Doo, oh, where are, are you? you? We all got clip something for you now. Here we go. Yeah.
1: There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory mouth watering. Tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Me, 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 but also you.